Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you could make it. All right, table fam, how are we feeling tonight? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Hey, if I have not had a chance to meet you, uh, my name is Isaac, and I'm one of the pastors here at First Orlando, and I have the pleasure of serving with Brid and Dana and others as part of our team just here at the table. And man, we just love hanging out with you guys um, every week. I mean, I know we just prayed over that car wreck. It's definitely been on our mind um, as well. Just make sure that everyone's as um, safe as possible. Um, so we've been going this summer, uh, we've been going over the Gospel of John. Um, so last week we kicked it off going through the Gospel of John. And if you're unfamiliar with John, I love this quote by St. Augustine where he says this, is that the Gospel of John, John's Gospel, is deep enough for an ele- elephant to swim, but shallow enough for a child not to drown. Right? So if you've been a Christian for a very long time, you're going ha- to get something out of the Gospel of John. If you're a brand new Christian, you're going to get something out of John's Gospel. If you're just exploring, discovering, you're unsure, but you're kind of asking questions about Christianity, about Jesus, um, I think going through the Gospel of John is going to be really helpful uh, for you as well. Uh, we've actually created this reading plan uh, so we can all go through John's Gospel together. So some of you, uh, some of us have been tracking together um, online. You can find it out on Instagram and our stories. Um, You can get the reading plan as well if you want to read through John. It just started yesterday. Uh, So today it's not too late to hop in. Um, If you're curious about getting a completely free copy of the Gospel of John, um, you can pick one up um, at our Connection Lounge um, as well. So we kicked off last week, and here's what we said last week. is We said Jesus is clarity on who God is and how to navigate life. Right? So we're curious around who God is. That's, the answer is Jesus. We're curious how to navigate life. The answer is still Jesus. Jesus is the answer to every question um, that we have. He's clarity on who God is and how to navigate life. Now, to set up this week, standing before you is short-haired Isaac. Right? I have short hair. The reason I mention that, and some of you know this, you met me when I did not have short hair. I actually looked like this. I was long-haired Isaac. Right? where I had just the locks flowing. They said, they said hey, you, you want to look like Jesus? And I said, challenge accepted, right? I can do this. I started long hair, so, which is kind of strange because for most of my life, I actually had short hair, right? And whenever going from short hair to long hair is interesting because um, how you think through haircuts is very different, right? When I had short hair growing up and I needed a haircut, here's what I would do. I would say, mom, haircut! And my mom would say, okay, Saquito, let's come in. Let's sit down here. And she would kind of sit me down uh, to the, in our, like the bathroom we had in our house. And she would do a two, on, two on the side, six on top, call it a day. It was a good haircut, right? I had that haircut for a lot of my life until I get to college, right? And then I get to college, still short-haired Isaac, not quite long-haired Isaac yet. Um, I get to college, and I enjoyed the, the haircuts that my mother gave me, which are two on the side, six on top, call it a day. So I get to college, and I'm trying to find this new haircut place, but, um, you know, I don't, I've never paid for a haircut, and I'm like, I am not paying a lot of money for a haircut. Six dollar cuts for less, that's where I'm going to. So I go to this really cheap haircut place, two on the side, six on top, call it a day, right? Eventually, I move to Dallas, I get to my mid-twenties, and I start growing my hair out, as you, as you see there. And as I'm growing it out, I have not a ton of self-awareness, but just enough to know that the $6 cuts for less are not going to cut it anymore. I need to go to what people call a salon, right? (laughs) 
So at this time, in my mid-20s, I'm working at a church, and um, I'm trying to find a salon to go to. So I, again, I still don't want to spend a lot of money. So I go on GroupMe, sorry, not GroupMe, I go on Groupon, uh, I go on Groupon to find a cheap salon place. So I go on Groupon, I kind of search by distance, this place that was kind of around the street, from uh, around the corner from the church that I used to work at, and I get there, and he, uh, the guy sits me down, and we're going to call him Sam the Stylist. So I meet Sam the Stylist. So he sits me down, he's like, hey man, so what do you want to do? I say, well, I'm trying to grow my hair out. He says, oh wow, I also used to have long hair. Man, I would love to help you in your hair growing journey. I was like, awesome. Thank you, Sam the Stylist. So then he says, hey, what do you do? And now I'm at the point where I'm asking myself, and you know if you've ever worked at a Christian organization before, how Christian am I feeling today? Do I want to have this conversation or not? Can I just like say I do something else? That way we don't even have to get into like the whole Christian thing. Like I just want a haircut, right? But I'm there and I'm like, I work at a church, not knowing how I was going to respond. And Sam the stylist says, wow, that's amazing. I've actually been learning and asking about spiritual things, and I would love to talk to you about spiritual things. And I'm like, check, good. So, so we start this conversation around spiritual things. And then I leave. It was an amazing conversation. I, you know, pay the bill. I leave. Now, I'm still growing my hair out. I'm still growing my hair out. He actually did a phenomenal job cutting my hair. So I go back to Sam the Stylist, and again, we have another faith conversation. I leave, going about my day, a few months later, I come back, another faith conversation. At this point, I don't know what to do anymore. So I ask my, uh, my, one of my mentors, some of you may know him, Doug, um, so I ask Doug, hey, so I, I keep having these faith conversations with my stylist, and I don't know what to do with them. And Doug says, Isaac, just ask him if he wants to study the Bible with you. I was like, oh, it's a really good idea, Doug, I'll do that. So I go back to, to Sam the stylist, another faith conversation, and I ask him, hey, we seem to be having a lot of these faith conversations. Would you like to study the Bible with me? And to my shock, Sam says, yes, I would love to. And I'm like, whoa, like that actually worked? Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't expect that to work. I just, I thought that was my out, <laughs> but no. So, so now we end up every Monday night at 9 p.m. when the shop closed for a year. I met with Sam the stylist as we studied the Bible, right? And at first, I'm thinking, oh, this is, a, I know exactly how this is going to go. I, you know, I grew up in church. I have all this Bible knowledge. I know exactly what to tell him. I'm, I'm such a good teacher. He's going to love my teaching, and ultimately, he's going to come to know Jesus. And that's not what happened at all. <laughs> what happened is we have faith conversations, and I'm trying to, hey, let's look at this passage. And then he would ask this really amazing question that had nothing to do at all with what we were reading. Right? So he just keeps asking these questions, and I'm trying to answer, and then trying to bring in scripture, but he's like curious about scripture, and like even if scripture is like authoritative, and like these really good questions, um, to where we actually form this really cool relationship, this friendship, to where I meet his wife, he invites me over, I go over to his home a couple times, while we're still meeting every Monday night at 9 p.m., and I'm just like, I just don't know, like I'm curious, God, like what are you doing here, like in this relationship? Um, to where eventually one of the questions that keeps coming up for him is this idea of reincarnation. And he says, Isaac, is reincarnation in the Bible, right? And I say, no, it's not. And he says, are you sure? And I say, yeah, Sam, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's not in scripture. And he's like, but are you really, really, really sure? Have you read the whole thing? And at that point, I had not. 
So I um, was like, no, I haven't read the whole thing. He's like, okay, so you don't know. Okay, so that was at the beginning of the year. The end of the year, I had read the whole thing, <laughs> and, and I come back to him, all right, Sam, I've read the whole thing. Yeah, I, w I knew reincarnation is not in there. But, I mean, I'm really curious. Why do you keep asking about reincarnation? You seem to, at this point, you seem to believe, you know, believe Jesus is God, Jesus is Lord. You seem to believe in the authority of Scripture. Like, I'm really curious why you keep coming back to this idea of reincarnation that seems to be different from the, these new beliefs that you're now holding. And here's what he told me, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, Isaac, you don't know this about me, but I'm not a good guy. The wife that I have is actually my fourth wife. Um, man, I'm a recovering drug addict. Isaac, I am not a good guy. And the reason I want reincarnation to be true is because I want a do-over. And that hit me. I was like, oh, my gosh. What Sam the stylist wanted was a fresh start, right? And now I think all of us, I think we can resonate. Maybe we don't go to reincarnation as the answer for this fresh start that we want, but I think all of us can resonate that we want a fresh start, right? Like we, we see where we are in life right now, and we're like, man, I just want a fresh start in life. I don't like where I am. I want a completely brand new fresh start. And the, the way that we think we get a fresh start is by taking control. See, Sam's answer, Sam the stylist, was to believe in reincarnation. But for many of us, we think that the way that we get a fresh start is by taking control. Here, let's say you're at work. And at work, your boss is at it again, and you're just, you, this is the last time, and you get your computer, and you break it, and you slam it, you give up the finger of love on your way out as you tell your boss exactly what you think of him and ev tell everyone around you, Right? Because you think, like, yeah, I'm in control, let's do this. Now, you would ever, never actually do that. But haven't you thought about it? You've dreamed of that day when you just storm out after a bad day at work and then get a new job, right? So we take control by starting, by, by ending or starting a new job, right? Same thing's true with relationships. We see the relationship that we're in. We don't like it. We take control, so we want to end or start a new relationship. Or even in hairstyles. Come on, somebody, right? We, we want to take control of our life, and we can't take control. So what do we do? We get a new haircut, right? I'm not even telling, talking about you. I'm talking about me. I showed you a picture of when I had long hair, right? So you just want some control over your life. So you, um, you get a new haircut, and you're like, should I get a new haircut, or should I go to, should I go to therapy? And you're like, why not both, right? So we just want this fresh start by taking control. And actually, whenever we, we feel that we want a fresh start, we'll respond and we'll feel many different things. Perhaps one of the things that we feel is a feeling of worthlessness. We see where we are right now, and we just want a fresh start. And in that middle, we feel worthless. For some, we just get really furious. For some, and we think we want a fresh start and it may even lead to depression, right? So we feel a lot of different things, but I think that the thing that the thing that I think we can all relate on is this idea of, man, yes, at times, I would love a fresh start. So John um, actually has a lot to say about the fresh start that we crave. So let's take a look. We're going to be in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, um, verse 1. Uh, we covered John 1 last week, or at least the beginning. Um, if you're curious about John 2, I would heavily encourage you to jump into the Bible reading plan, because um, you'll in the Bible reading plan, you'll read John 2 on your own later this week. Um, but we're going to pick up here um, in John 3, uh, verse 1 where he says this, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Okay, so he talks about this guy named Nicodemus who's a Pharisee. So Pharisees are, are essentially these religious leaders, um, and they think the world works by taking control, 
So what they do is they just make a lot of rules. They make a lot of rules for themselves, and they make a lot of rules for others, and they try to get everybody to abide by these rules. Why? Because they think the world works by taking control, right? So I think you know um, maybe some modern-day Pharisees, right? Um, as, do you remember, like, as a kid when you wanted to go swimming, and you, like, spend a day swimming, and then you had lunch, and you're like, great, I want to jump back in the pool immediately, and here come your stinking friend's parents that are like, no, 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 no. You have to wait 20 minutes. You're like, ah, modern-day Pharisees, right? Just <laughs> create rules. Because, and you know this, because you go to your other parent's house, and, and they say, no, 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 it's not 20 minutes. It's three hours you have to wait after you eat. And you're like, which one is true? Is it 20 minutes or is it three hours? Here, they're both arbitrary, right? You're like, there's, when you're seven, they're like, there's no scientific evidence. I have to wait for, uh, to go swimming, right? So we, it's a, silly, it's a silly example, but the reality is that we use rules and use structure as a way to control our life and to control um, the lives of others. So we'll, we'll keep going here in verse two. This man came to Jesus, so this Pharisee, this rule keeper, this guy that just creates Likes, likes to create arbitrary rules. For to him, they're not arbitrary, but um, verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. All right, so here's basically what he's saying. He's like, Jesus, hey, look, I know that right before this, you did this miracle at a wedding where you turned water into wine. That was really cool. I really like that. What was your secret? how did you do it, right? Tell, tell me the secret, right? Like, how are you doing these magic tricks? Um, like, I respect you, but I'm just really curious. And here's how Jesus answered him. Do you know that, like, when somebody asks you a question and you're like, oof, I am not answering this question. Let me just completely sidestep this question that they're asking me that just isn't going to go well. This is basically what Jesus does, where he's asking a question about this miracle that Jesus did, and Jesus is like, I'm just going to come well over here and let's have another conversation because the answer that I'm going to give you, you're not even going to understand unless you know this next thing to be fundamentally true. So in verse 3, Jesus answers his question by not answering his question by saying this, Jesus answered him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right, he's saying, look, I'm not even going to answer your question because we don't even see the world in the same way. You're not going to understand anything that I have to tell you until you can see the kingdom of God like I see. He's basically saying, um, hey, look, Nicodemus, you're, you're, you see the world in black and white, and I see the world in color, right? We just can't even have the, conver the same conversation because of that. So I was actually thinking through, like, what's a really good way to illustrate this? And we actually have a video. I'd love for you guys to take a watch. I'm 65 years old. <laughs> I have gone 65 years without seeing color. Uh-huh. And it is more of a big deal to you guys than it is to me. <laughs> I've seen these videos where people get emotional. And I'm not going to get emotional. That's okay. I just want to see how well they work. I have been a professional wrestler. Wait, don't put them on yet. I have been beat up by the biggest man in the world. I, I am not going to get emotional. That's okay. okay. Right. One, two, three. Alright, so what do, what do you have to do? I have time to adjust. It says. I don't matter.
Totally different? <laughs> That's green. <laughs> Whenever you see the kingdom of God, that's what it's like. Before you can see the kingdom of God, you see the world in black and white. And you can see the kingdom of God, it just opens your eyes. You're like, oh my gosh, whoa. I can see the world in color. And this is the kingdom of God that we speak of, is that Jesus is king. And as Jesus is king, he's completely in charge of everything. And here's what he brings. This is what he's ruling over the kingdom, is the things that we love, which is goodness and uh, justice and beauty and truth and happiness. The things that we long for, the fresh start that we want, we know that it's in the kingdom of God. But we're not able to see, we, we, we can't even have the same conversation the way that Jesus couldn't even have the same conversation with Nicodemus is the same way that we can't have the same conversation of this fresh start that we want, of the things that we long for. It's, a, it's, not, even, um, it's not even worth a consideration of a conversation until we can see the kingdom of God, right? And some of you know this and have experienced this, right, where once we were blind, but now we see, and we can see the world full of color the way that Jesus sees it. And he's saying, hey, in order to see the kingdom of God, you have to be born again. And now Nicodemus, like us, oftentimes, um, if you were to say, hey, you have to be born again, you're like, what? So here's how Nicodemus responds. He says this, Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So Jesus is saying, right, hey, you, in order to see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, sure, mom, this is going to get real awkward, right? That's how Nicodemus responds, right? And here's how Jesus responds to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And keep going. And that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. So here's what Jesus is comparing and contrasting. He's saying, hey, look, in order to see the kingdom of God, this goodness, this, this justice, this beauty, this truth that we long for, um, you need to be born again. But it's not a physical birth, right? It's a spiritual birth. Right? And this is one of the concepts that, my, that Sam the stylist, um, he, he misinterpreted what was going on. Because he wanted to see the kingdom of God, but he thought the answer was not a spiritual rebirth, it was a physical birth. Right? That's what reincarnation teaches. Right? It's that you have the same eternal consciousness, but you keep being reborn, 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 reborn into different physical bodies. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You keep the same physical body, but this fresh start that you want, it comes from a new spiritual rebirth. Right? That he, so Jesus is telling Nicodemus that he's physically alive, but he's physically dead. Right? And then he keeps going again. Uh, verse, in verse 8, Jesus continues where he says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is with everyone who was born of the Spirit. It's not just that we're, we're reborn. Like, what, is that, what does that even mean, being reborn? Okay, it's not, a, it's not a physical birth. It's a spiritual birth. I still don't get it. Here's what Jesus is saying. 
It's a spiritual birth by the Holy Spirit. Right? So um, in the end of June, we're going to have a whole uh, sermon around the Holy Spirit. So right now, just for the next few seconds, I just want to cover it enough for us to understand what's going on in this passage. So here's a very brief overview summary of the Holy Spirit. Um, that the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity. Right? So you have God the Father, you have God the Son, and you have God the Holy Spirit. And I've said this before, um, to try to, if you deny the Trinity... Um, you're going to lose your soul, but to try to explain the Trinity, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> so I'm not really getting depth into the Trinity and the inner workings and how does that work, but I just want to really say the Holy Spirit is the third member of the Trinity, right? And the Holy Spirit, it's, um, and if you grew up like, um, I know not everybody grew up in church, but if, if you did, uh, maybe your, your Trinity was like Father, Son, Holy Bible. Like we don't talk about the Spirit, that's for the crazies, right? We don't do that here. Again, we'll cover that later, um, later in, um, and I also, like, I grew up completely opposite of that, because I grew up charismatic, so um, if you're charismatic, then the spirit is everything, and you love the spirit, like, yes, spirit, and the fact that I'm even saying these words right now, um, you're like, yes, more, more, more is coming later, okay? (laughs) Um, Again, now, you may be newer to church, and none of that conversation, all those inside baseball Christian jokes make any sense to you, but... Um, I'll keep going here. Okay, so the the spirit, let me get up, everybody on the same page. Um, The spirit is like the, Jesus, and here in verse 8, he's saying the spirit is like the wind, right? And as Floridians, um, we know the wind, right? If you're here for more than a year, you basically become a meteorology expert, right? To where, like, even, see the season now to where um, at 4 o'clock, like, I saw the cloud coming in and got a little windy, and I'm like, 30 minutes, it's going to rain, and then we're done, Right? Or like hurricane season, you have a cat three hurricane, you're like, oh, only a cat three? Nah, we're good. We can keep playing here. So like we, we know the wind, right? And that's what the spirit is like, is that with the wind, um, we feel the wind, we can hear the wind, but we can't see the wind. And in the same way, um, the, the spirit is different from the sun. They're both equal members of God, right? Father, son, Holy Spirit. But the sun, you know, they saw him and they felt him. You could see Jesus in the flesh. But with the spirit... Um, fully God as well, but we can't see, we can't see him, right? Um, But what we can see, like the wind, is the effects. So we can't see the Spirit, but we can see the effects of the Spirit, which namely is the the changes that the Holy Spirit produces in people, right? And you've experienced this. We're like, I talked to some of you, I was having a conversation with a guy last week. Isaac, if if you would have only seen me 10 years ago, I'm a completely different person. What is that? That's the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life, right? Even you, you're like, man, I'm such a different person now than I used to be, right? And if you would, it, I am unrecognizable. Like, if you would have seen, like, you wouldn't even know who I was. I am such a different person now. It's almost a miracle, the person that I am now versus the person that I was. What is that? That's the work of the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. Um, and like the Holy Spirit as well, um, in the way that in a physical birth, a mom does all the work, here's what happens in a rebirth. The spirit does all the work, right? So we don't have to try to work our way to see the kingdom. The spirit already did all the work for us, right? So here's what we do. We just sense the spirit and we kind of feel it. And it's still, again, trying to explain it is weird. And I'm doing the best I can. But the spirit, it's like this, this thing that we can see and that we can sense. Right? And we know that the Holy Spirit does all the work. Um, as, as a quick note, there's a difference 
Um, and I know because some of us are back to church for the first time or back to church for the first time in a long time, there's a difference between the Holy Spirit and being spiritual, right? Some, some of us, as we're discovering faith, we think, oh, wait, I'm spiritual now. I've arrived. I'm good. I can see this goodness and beauty and truth. And the most loving way that I can tell you is there is a major difference between just being a spiritual person and having the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not the same thing, right? So whenever we say that we have the Holy Spirit because of Jesus, that's different. We're on a different team than someone else who's like, I'm spiritual, and I think that religion's cool, and that religion's cool, and I'm just going to peace and kind of take things from different things because I'm just a spiritual person. Hey, look, that's, if somebody wants to, wants to be spiritual, you know, they're on their path, but that's very different than what it means to have the Holy Spirit. Again, more on that here in a few weeks. So here's the big idea, is that we want a fresh start, right? We, we don't like where we are. We just want a fresh start. And here's the big idea. You don't need to be a better you. You need to be a new you. You must be born again. A lot of times, whenever we try to take control of our lives, essentially what we're doing is we just want a better version of the thing that we have. We want a better version of ourselves, right? Hey, I want to take control of my job. I want a fresh start. Let me take control. I just want a better job. Hey, I just want a better relationship. I just want to be a better person, right? And as we can see from this text, it doesn't work just trying to be better. You have to be new. If you just try, try to earn your way just to be better, to white-knuckle it, to try to piece yourself together, it's not going to work. If you truly want the fresh start that you desire, the, the fresh start that you long for, if you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to see the world in color, here's what you need to do. You need to be brand made, brand new, and that's only done um, by the power of the Holy Spirit being born again. Okay, how do I know this? Because that's my story, Right? Um, is this a safe place for me? Is this a safe place? Yes? Is this a safe place? Okay. Hi, my name is Isaac. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm a recovering Pharisee. Here's, here's what I mean by that. I mean, um, I grew up in church, and I thought that the, the way that I could be a good person and the way that I could have good standing with God and have good standing with my family um, was just to put my faith in Christian culture which is very different than putting my faith in Jesus. I put my faith in Christian culture. So I just created a lot of these rules. Some of the rules were created for me. I created even more rules, right? Whenever you're religious, you just put rules on rules on rules on rules. So I just created all these rules, right? Um, so like, I was like, okay, I'm not watching rated R movies. I'm not listening to, to secular music. That's what, we, that's what you call it in Christian culture. You call it secular music. You guys would call it good music. Um, but, <laughs> but we called it secular music. So I grew up like, no, no secular music. Um, I remember, <laughs> uh, since I'm here, why I was laughing. In, in fifth grade, I was not planning to say this at all. In fifth grade, um, I did a, um, I was part of a, um, for the talent show, uh, we, I was part of a, a, a fake boy band that did like a choreography to a Bye 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 by NSYNC. I had to ask my parents' permission because it was a secular song, right? <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I could do that, right? Um, so I used all, all these rules, some created for me, a lot of, I just created myself. So like, no, no disrespect to the church that I grew up in, no disrespect to my parents, but just the culture that I grew up in, that I willingly submitted to the thing that I put my faith in was Christian culture. And I thought, man, I'm going to have life just by obe being obedient to Christian culture. Um, when I was 16, also one of the things is you don't dance. 
Uh, when I was 16, um, I went to this like high school leadership um, development program because I'm a nerd. And so I'd spent like a week at camp, but it was like learning all this like leadership development principles, but it was really fun. So they have this dance for all these nerdy high school kids. And, and then everyone starts dancing. And here I am literally like in the corner, just like not dancing, right? And, um, and they're like, Isaac, come on, you can dance. Like, it's okay. And I'm like, me being a little Pharisee, I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not dancing. That's not what I do. That's not how you be a good person. So I'm just going to be obedient to Christian culture, and I'm not going to dance, right? And then they start playing the Macarena. <laughs> and now I have a conflict because <laughs> obedience to Christian culture or lean into me being Latino. <laughs> Latino won out. So here I am just like doing the Macarena, and I... I feel so convicted the whole time. <laughs> to where I'm like, oh, like this is fun, but I'm not supposed to feel fun. And I put my faith in, in Christian culture, right? Eventually, um, I go off to college. And in college, um, I start, things start, start undermining my faith in Christian culture. So I start taking classes. They start teaching things about the Bible um, that was not what I grew up believing about the Bible. And I had nothing, not a solid foundation, again, because my faith was in Christian culture, not in Jesus, right? So, so about the Bible, I'm like, is that true about the Bible? Is that true about the Bible? I don't know. Um, I'm taking, like, church history classes, and they're like, this is what happened in church history. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And I just feel weird, like, about my own upbringing, because I grew up, like, really Pentecostal. And, like, I, I went to a very Baptist school, and I was unsure of, like, how to interpret that. Um, eventually, I've, I shared the story before um, with my conversation with my agnostic roommate. It's where he's asking me these really amazing questions about faith. But again, I didn't have a faith in Jesus. I had a faith in Christian culture. So when he's asking me about Jesus, I didn't know what to say because all my answers were answers from Christian culture. Um, um, as well as I saw other Christians and their faith just seemed so vibrant. Like they loved praying. They loved reading scripture. They just loved learning more about who Jesus is and trying to follow him. And I knew deep down that wasn't me. I just wasn't into it, right? And like, I, I, but I wanted to, right? So, I, so the summer of 2009, after my freshman year in college, um, I, I, get, I get home, um, and um, an older cousin of mine um, introduces me to a Bible preacher, this guy from Seattle. So I start listening to a lot of his messages. And it wasn't his messages, but it was God using his messages just to start uh, awakening in me, starting to see the world in color. And I grew more under, in a two-week period than I had in my entire life up to that point, right? I would say before then, I saw the world in black and white, right? And Christian culture was white and everything else was black. And now I see the world in color, right? And it's incredible. Like the thing that I longed for, the fresh start that I longed for, was available to me by the power of the Holy Spirit being able to see the world in color, um, being born again. Now, I was, I, was talking with, um, I was talking with some of the staff this week, and what I was saying was, like, I was, I was a spiritual person before, right? And now I have the Holy Spirit. Very different. Very different experience. And um, I was, as I was talking with the staff and kind of sharing that, um, it, this idea of, like, okay, but, like, was that the moment when you got saved? As honest as I can be, I don't know. Right? I don't know. Here's what I do know. I know that there was a moment whenever I didn't feel any affections and desires for God, and then there was a moment when I did. Right? And I know that two-week period in 2009 
was when. Now, some of you may say, Isaac, bro, that's when you were born again. That's when you were saved. And I'm saying, I wish I could interview myself when I was 17, because I'm curious what 17-year-olds would, would have said, because I don't remember. But the reason I mention that is because some of us here in this room, we don't have this moment. We don't have this moment that we can clearly look back to, that we can put our anchor on. We, maybe we've been in church for a while, and we, just, we feel like we can see the world in color, but maybe we're not sure, and we don't have this, this moment to be able to point to. Um, some people have what's called a spiritual rebirth day, right? So like even candles and celebrate and sing, right? For, um, from, uh, again, one of my mentors, Doug, it's September 10th, which is the same day as uh, another guy's birthday, right? So you have this birthday and this rebirth day um, happening at the same time. I see you, Alec. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you have this like actual birthday going on. You have this rebirth day going on, September 10th, 1997. And, and some people like, so Doug like celebrates that and like knows the exact day. For me, maybe it was that two-week period. Maybe it was before. Here's my point. It's more important to know that you were born again than to know exactly when you were born again, right? So how do, we, how do you know? How do I know if I'm born again, right? And by born again, again, um, I haven't said this, born again is like a very like, Christian word. You don't really hear that a lot of other places. And you, you may be even hearing that and saying, that word's kind of weird. Why do Christians have weird words? I don't know. It's in scripture, so we go with it. But born again, uh, maybe another way you've heard it is just be, being saved. Uh, maybe you may call it just being a Christian. Maybe you may call it following Jesus. Maybe you may call it having the Holy Spirit, right? But the question remains, how do I know if I'm born again, right? So I'm going to do, um, uh, as loving as I can, I want to help us. Because I know as I've talked with many of you, um, we've, had the, excuse me, we've had this question before. How do I know if I'm born again? Okay, so do not raise your hand, but we're going to take, take a quiz. Um, on a scale of 1 through 10, how confident are you that you're going to spend eternity with God? So sit for a second. Don't raise your hand. Don't look around. Don't do anything weird. Um, on a scale of 1 through 10, how confident are you that you're going to spend eternity with God? Okay, so as I've, I typically ask this question one-on-one, um, I don't normally ask this question publicly, but um, so one-on-one, as, as I have conversations with people, you know, I have, I, I get five, you know, 50% uh, confident I'll spend eternity with God, six, I'm 60% confident, um, I'm, I'm pretty confident, but not all the way confident, so I'm going to say nine, I'm not nine out of ten, like I'm pretty confident, but not all the way confident, right, which then leads, I was like, okay, so you're a nine out of ten, okay, um, which leads to the second question, if you were to stand before God and he were to ask you, why should I let you into my kingdom, what would you say? Would you say, oh, it's because I'm a good person. It's because I've done really good works. It's because I've done more good things than bad things. It's because, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I, I go to church a lot. My family, my family goes to church. I go to church with my family. Okay, let me answer both those questions with the same answer. Um, in the first question, if you don't say 10, that's a conversation around what it means to be saved, right? Because the Holy Spirit does all the work. You can't do anything to earn it. And if you can't do anything to earn it, that means you can't do anything to lose it. You can't sin your way out of being born again, right? You see the bad things that you do, and you're like, oh, but I'm a bad person. I've done bad things. Um, I, need to get, I need to make sure that I say my last, like, maybe grew up with the, like, the sinner's prayer, prayer confession. I need to make sure I do that before I die, because if I don't do that before I die, then I'm going to hell. No, 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 no. Look, look. Holy Spirit does all the work. 
right? We don't choose to be born. A baby does not choose to be born from a mother. The mother, with the help of the doctor, does all the work to get that baby out of there, right? We don't choose to be born again, right? We merely accept the reality that we are. We don't choose to. We just embrace and accept that we are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me couple that with the second one, which is if, Jesus, if God were to ask you, why should I let you into my kingdom? You say, because I have a new life in Jesus Christ. That is it. Jesus did all the work for us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that, we can put our faith and our trust in Jesus. So we know that, look, if we're putting our faith and our trust in Jesus... And if we know that we're born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, our answer is 10. All right? There's no other answer. Why would your answer not be 10 if you know that you can't do anything for your answer not to be 10? Now, the reason your answer may not be 10 is because we have not put our faith and our trust in Jesus. Right? So, um, how do I know if I'm born again? Let me um, ask three more very specific questions to help us think through how do I know if I'm born again. Number one, is Jesus the king of my life? Is Jesus the king of my life? Here's what I mean by this. Um, I mean, as we go about our day, do we consider Jesus as the ultimate authority over everything that we do? Right? Do we go to go work thinking through how might Jesus navigate work? Do we navigate families? Um, how might Jesus navigate my family? I um, mean, maybe you don't think that, and maybe that's like uh, in your mind, like a super, super varsity Christian way to think through life. Um, do we consider Jesus just as we just live? How often does Jesus come to your mind? Does he come to your mind once a day, twice a day, once a week? I don't know. There's no right answer. There's no like, oh, the Christian answer is seven times a day. No. Look, I'm merely asking you, is Jesus the, or is Jesus the king of our life? This is what we're asking to know if we're born again. Question two. Do I hate darkness? Okay, this is different than asking, are you perfect? Ain't nobody here perfect. Nobody here is saying, hey, you have to be perfect. You have to get it right 100% of the time. Nobody's saying that. And if anybody is saying that, you leave, right? To be a Christian, to be following Jesus merely says, hey, look, I know that there are good parts of me, and I know that there are bad parts of me. But I also know that Jesus is redeeming and healing those bad parts of me. So I'm going to keep taking steps toward I'm going to keep taking steps toward him, and I'm not going to be perfect until I get to heaven. I know that. I acknowledge that. But when we're asking, do I hate darkness, that's asking, yes, but when you see injustice, do you hate it? When you see the immorality in your life, do you hate it? And do you take steps to try to not lean into immorality, not to lean into the darkness, but lean away toward light and toward healing and to restoration? Do I hate darkness? And question three, I love this one. Do I want others to see and experience the kingdom? I think question three is one of the truest questions to know if you're born again, right? It's not just that we want to experience the kingdom of beauty and goodness and truth and wholeness and restoration. It's do I want others to also experience that? Do I want to keep it for myself or do I, man, this is too good not, not to share, right? I think, uh, <laughs> do you guys know like a restaurant and like you go to that restaurant but you don't tell anybody about it? And you're like, I would not dare tell people I eat at McDonald's, right? And for sure, whenever somebody asks me, um, like, where we can go, I am not bringing up McDonald's. But man, I, I love McDonald's, but I'm not telling anybody about it. How do I know that? Because that's me. And there's, there's one across the street. It takes me 10 minutes to, from my office, back and forth. It's great. Uh, they changed the double cheeseburger from a number nine to a number seven. No pickles. Coke. But I don't tell anybody about it, right? 
my, my fear is some of us view um, some of us view our faith the way that we view McDonald's is that we will eat it in secret and then not tell anybody about it, right? Look, if we're truly born again, we want everybody to experience the wholeness and restoration and goodness that we experience. When you see the world in color, look what happened in the video, right? So in the video, this family, um, they saw the world in color. There was a member of the family that could not see the world in color. So what did they do? They said, we're going to go do whatever we need to do so that you can see the world in color like we do. Because that's when you're born again, you want everybody to experience the kingdom of God like you experience. So how do we respond? Right? How do we respond to that? When a baby is born, we wait for the cry. And in the same way, you know you've been born again when you cry out to God. That is the only response to being born again, is crying out to God. And this is not just a one-time moment. This is over and over and over and over again, just crying out to God, saying, God, I need help. God, I can't do it without you. God, I am completely and utterly um, hopeless and helpless without you. We think that whenever we want a fresh start, the answer is to take control. Let me tell you the reality. When you want a fresh start, the answer is dependence. It's not taking control of your life. It's letting go of life, letting go and allowing God to come in and help. And so whenever we cry out, we're asking God for help, right? Um, I was just thinking through uh, just this message today. So yesterday, y'all, I'm a really proud dog dad. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before. Um, I, I married into being a dog dad. It's incredible. I love my dog, Bronx. So Bronx and I go for walks in the mornings, and I'm walking Bronx, and I'm just, and I'm trying to use that time um, to not be annoyed at how long it's taking Bronx to go to the restroom, um, but instead, just using that time just to be out, just kind of in nature, and be reflected, and I'm just thinking about message today, and can I be honest? I felt so convicted. Here's why I felt convicted. Because I'm born again, I can see the world in color, I have the Holy Spirit, and yet I still rely on my religious tendencies to navigate my life. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I've gotten really good at being a Christian. My rules are different than they used to be, but they're rules nonetheless for how I think I should live, right? And I think that it's my system of life that's given me this life that I want, right? So this, like, I was like, man, I'm really good at having a really healthy work-life balance now. I didn't used to be, I used to overwork. Now I'm really good at having a healthy work-life balance. Oh man, I was so rushed before when I would interact with people, and now I'm just really good at knowing to just try to be present with people, and I've gotten really, really good at that. And I think that it's me getting good that's caused me to be, uh, have this new life. Um, new rules, same idea. Religion does not save. Rules do not save. Systems does not save, right? I was so convicted because I can't remember the last time I said, God, I just need help. Can I just, can I just get some help right now? I, I don't know what to do, right? I think I've arrived and gotten to a point where I don't need to ask God for help anymore, right? So here I am just like crying out to God and I'm feeling the stress of just like um, of trying to finish score, of this increased role here, um, the stress of just trying to be a good husband, the stress of being a good dog dad, which is very important. I'm just feeling all these stressors of life, right? And I think that I have these new systems that can help me and the only answer, y'all, is crying out to God. When you need help, you cry out to God like a baby. I am helpless with arms open, right? Or if you want to be cool, you can do it the cooler version, which is like this, right? <laughs> which is arms out to God being open. God, I need help. I can't do it without you. 
We cry out to God, and this happens. If you've never cried out to God, today's a really good day to start crying out to God. If you've been crying out to God, and you kind of, and like there's like this weird thing going on in you, and you don't know what to do with that. See, some of you are born again. You just haven't realized it yet. And this new thing is going on inside of you, and you don't know what to do, which is why you keep coming back to the table, which is why you, maybe you're getting plugged in in groups, why you're trying to, like, check things out. You're curious, right? And here's what happened. The Holy Spirit has done a new work in you. You're a new person. You're brand new. It's not a better version of your old life. This is a brand new life. So crying out to God says, you're right, God. This is a brand new life. Wah, wah, wah. I'm a baby. I need help. As well as, like me, some of us have been Christians for a long time, and we just stop crying out to God because we think that's for newbies. It's not. Crying out to God is for everyone. That's how we respond. And secondly, um, we need to lean into where the Spirit is blowing. Lean into where the Spirit is blowing. So what do I mean by that? Again, we'll talk more about the Holy Spirit later. Definitely check it out. But here, here's what I mean. The Spirit is, is blowing kind of moving in a certain direction like the wind. Um, so I was talking with a, a buddy earlier, uh, Thomas Gurian. Thank you, man. Um, and he was telling me about uh, recently um, he went kayaking. And um, so, so he had the experience where he got in a kayak, and he was um, rowing um, against the wind. And he was like, ugh, 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 like rowing, 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 right? And it was like really hard. And then he turned around and started rowing with the wind. God, significantly just more fluent, significantly better, just increased competency. That's basically what it's like when we try to live our lives against the Spirit versus living our lives with the Spirit, right? When we live our life against the Spirit, uh, we just feel like we're just having to like fight, 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 and take control and fight it and fight it and fight it. And when we live our life with the Spirit, it's still the same amount of work. It's still the same rowing, right? The rowing doesn't change. Here's what changes. You're going with the wind. You're going with the Spirit, right? Every stroke, you go further without having to try as hard, right? There's like this like increased flow when we live our life with the Spirit. So we need to lean into where the Spirit is blowing. And the way that you sense the wind, the way that you sense the Spirit, you sit still. You get real still, and you sense where the Spirit is blowing. And you know the Spirit is blowing toward the kingdom. The Spirit always blows toward the kingdom. The Spirit is always blowing toward goodness. The Spirit is always blowing towards justice, uh, towards beauty, towards truth, towards happiness, right? So whenever you're like, is this the Holy Spirit going on, or did I have bad Taco Bell? I don't know which one is going on. Ask yourself, am I moving closer to seeing the kingdom, am I moving closer towards goodness and justice and beauty and truth? Or am I moving away from goodness and justice and beauty and truth? Right? And if the answer is, it seems like both of these things are moving, like option A and option B, job A and job B, are both moving toward goodness and restoration and beauty and truth, then it doesn't matter. Just pick one. It, it really doesn't matter, right? We have a lot of freedom when we're living our life with the Spirit. So we don't always need to be fearful that we're doing against the Holy Spirit or we need to be exactly in the center of God's will. Look, look, look. God's will is for you to live in the kingdom of God. And if you're experiencing goodness and justice and beauty and bringing that to the world, that's really good. Um, perhaps the Spirit is leading you, though, toward changing your playmates and your playground, Right? Some of the people that you used to hang out with, perhaps in this new life that you have, perhaps in this season, it's, perhaps, it's best not to spend as much time with them anymore, if any time at all. 
Perhaps the places that you used to go to may not be the places that you need to go to in this brand new version of you, right? So after work, right, and your friends invite you to happy hour. Now, happy hour is not inherently right or wrong, but you just know, man, I just know what that does to me. I'm not casting a judgment on others. I just know what that does to me. And what it does to me, I don't like. So I'm just going to do something different, right? That's what it's like living life um, with the Spirit. And people that can't see the world in color will never understand. They won't. You can try to explain to them all day long, but when you see the world in color, you try to explain your world of color to a person that sees the world in black and white, and they just don't get it. So don't let somebody's black and white keep you from moving forward in this new life of world and color. Close with this. Um, imagine your world. Just imagine your world. And you want a fresh start. And Jesus says, yes, I would love to give you a fresh start. It's only by my life, death, burial, and resurrection, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that you can have a fresh start. Let me show you what that looks like. And oftentimes, here's what culture says. You need to be a strong man. You need to be a strong woman. Here's what Jesus says. You need to be weak. You need to be dependent, right? It's not about our strength. It's about his strength, right? So we can let go of any, trying to be strong and trying to have it all together. As believers, we can just say, hey, look, I don't have it all together. I can be weak. And in my weakness, Jesus is made strong. I don't have to take control. Jesus already did all the work for me. So we'll close with this, with John uh, 3, 16 and 17. Maybe you've heard this, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. I'll let that sit as it sits. We're going to have actually a prayer team in the back um, that just wants to pray with you. If you want to cry out for the first time, cry out for the third time, cry out for the 300th time, we have a team in the back that would love to process with you if you want to process. And we're going to sing uh, to respond. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Man, we are so grateful for the new life that you give us in Jesus, being born again. God, and we know that we can just be weak, and that's okay. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.